0: This is Paul T. Taylor, pinhead from Hellraiser Judgment, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There horror movie podcast.
1: In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, and Mike, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There horror movie podcast welcome back everybody to the don't go out there horror movie podcast I just want to thank everybody who's been listening to us i just want to give a special shout out to all the fans y'all have been nothing but great to us ever since the beginning we're flying up the charts in our genre and we really appreciate it guys and girls uh, i want to give a special shout out to all of our social medias real quick just go ahead and get that out at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the show facebook twitter instagram uh, at don't go out there. Just search for that and you'll find us. We appreciate the follows. And tonight we're reviewing another kind of a genre-changing movie, uh, a, a pretty iconic villain character, uh, the 1987 classic Hellraiser. My general thoughts was I've never seen, I've honestly never seen any of the Hellraiser movies. I've I've heard of you know the Pinhead character. I've seen him in pop culture before, and I'm kind of honestly on the I'm kind of in the middle on the seesaw on how I feel about the movie. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I feel like if you if if they redid that movie, like Drew said before the show started, if they were to do that movie now, I think the movie could be you know pretty damn good. Uh, Brian, you got a general overview?
2: Um, yeah, actually, I'm the same way. I had never uh, seen any of the movies um before. You know, we did this. Uh, I actually. Was interested enough with it, with the character, and even after watching this movie, um, that I went ahead and watched, you know, a couple of the sequels, too. And uh, I'll kind of give my thoughts with that. This movie, to me, reminds me a whole lot of Friday the 13th Part 1, where it's, you know, there's no Jason. The, this movie has almost got, like, no pinhead. I mean, I think there's, like, four or five minutes in it, because I don't even think Clyde Barker knew that what he had with that character until after this movie, until the fan response. So, um, I, but I think that hurts it. Um, I'll give Bob Keen props for mostly, you know, 95% of the practical effects of this movie are great, um, and and the fact that he did such a great job of uh, of the effects on the one million dollar budget. So I mean, I'll I, I had to take that into account while watching this movie. There was a lot of times I was like, God, but then I remembered it was only a one million dollar budget. So, um, you know, I, it, it does a decent job of fleshing out the human characters. It's just, I, it's not. It's not what I wanted to see um, because I want to see more Pinhead. I want to see more of the Cenobites. You know, I want to. And I assumed we got that with the sequels. And and I was right. You know, I started watching a couple of the sequels and and it started, you know, picking up, honestly, and explained the sequels, especially part two, explained a lot of the questions that I had with this one that they never, ever explained. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I like I said, like Friday the 13th, part one. I didn't care for Friday the Thirteenth Part One, and but I like the fr- Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I think that if I continue, that I will like this franchise because I already like it more because of the sequels, but not because of this movie. I guess if that makes sense. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, shocker. <laughs> I'm on the same page
3: as Brian. I actually, <laughs> I actually, in the past, before we did the show, have kind of compared this movie to the first Friday, where. You don't get much Pinhead. It does, it takes away from the movie. Now, I understand why. Kai Barker would never intended Pinhead, and l- I went on to read, never wanted Pinhead to be the main thing out of this movie. It, it, he, that's not what he envisioned uh, ended up being that way because of fan response, and that's kind of what happens with all of our favorite slasher genres, where a lot most are supposed to be one-offs, and then you know fan response makes it to where you have to do sequels you don't have a choice and like brian also said the sequels do dive into more pinhead stuff and more not typical typical slasher but pretty close and i do like some of those elements a little more than i do this movie there's a lot of things i hate about this movie i'll just be honest uh but there's some good stuff in it too like you said bob Keane, i like the effects uh for the most part you know small budget but in in nineteen eighty seven, one million dollars is a decent ish a mm-hmm. budget you can make a decent horror movie mm-hmm. off of. So again, I have a lot of problems with the plot, how we get to the plot, you know, how, how how it all comes together. Like I don't really have a great I don't have a lot of love for the story being told, but there's some other good stuff I do like.
1: All right, brother Drew, you picked this movie. Let's hear your general overview.
0: Um uh, I get with Mike and uh, Brian on how they put it on there with Pinhead. Pinhead is not actually who he wanted to, huh, no pun intended. Pin this whole
2: ah pun.
0: Uh, Claire really is the main right protagonist in this movie. Is the uh, the Pinhead is kind of like a secondary on this one. Like I think, really honestly, like they tried to show that she was the one that went into the deviant ways. Like she. Started to enjoy, you know, the killing throughout the movie. Um, she's kind of like, it's kind of like an, a, a background role that she plays, but then it's a main role at the same time. It's one of those movies, again, I have a emotional pull to this because this is one of the first movies that me and my grandma actually watched together who, you know, got me into horror. So... A lot of the movies that I, I hold near and dear to my heart are always going to be ones that I watch with her, so I'm always going to like it. But I'm like with Mike, the plot really, really suffered in this one. <laughs> watching it, watching it, watching it multiple times this week, and I'm like, okay, so as, you know, 11-year-old kid, you're not thinking about plot. You're not thinking about You're just thinking, oh, my God, this is scary. This is crazy. Like, you know, now as an adult, I'm just like, Ooh, that didn't make sense. Okay, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't really that didn't really hit like it should have then. But uh I, I I kinda compare this movie uh not in the same regard as to um what was the one we just reviewed not too long ago in the ice with the the snow? Thirty days. Think, already the thing. Like uh-oh. if they would have done the puppetry like the thing, I think this movie would have been ten times better.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay. I actually, I actually think that caterpillar-looking thing later on, I, it looked like something from the thing, to be honest. But y'all ready to jump into the scene-by-scene? Scene? Sure, yeah. sir. The film starts with uh, Frank Cotton. He's he's buying the puzzle box from a seller in Morocco. After he gets this puzzle box, he's sitting Indian-style and surrounded by candles, and he's 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 solving this puzzle kind of like a Rubik's Cube or whatever. And as it opens, it shows a bunch of hooks like go into his flesh and you see him scream, you hear him screaming. And now the room he's in, it transforms. And you see all these chains with, uh, you know, flesh hanging from them. And then you see Pennett he's putting this face together. And it, I thought the face could put together was kind of a cool look.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and it, it looked, it looked awesome. To be honest with you, then the room, it just goes back to its normal, you know, look after the box, the puzzle box returns to normal. Now we're at the house with Frank's brother, Larry and his wife, Julia, the two tore the house there's this there's i wrote down there's weird statues everywhere uh you know there's a big jesus statue larry he finds this ashtray full of like maggots and roaches crawling out of it then the daughter Kier- uh, his daughter Kirsty calls and says she's found a room uh, she doesn't want to move in with him she doesn't really like his wife julia uh, julia finds pics of frank doing some sexual stuff with women and then, you know, they start talking a little bit more and, you know, Larry just convinces her that they want to move in. And Larry says they're going to move all in on Sunday. That's just the kind of the opening two scenes. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first on that?
3: Uh, I uh, don't... Man, I know I didn't take a lot of notes during these scenes because I kind of just felt like they were setting up for stuff that comes down later. What I will say is this is kind of the start of The problem in this movie, for me, I know it's early, but I'm just not a fan of the writing direction that they take. And when you're not a fan of the plot of a movie, like how we're getting to the climax, it moves slow for me. This is a short movie. hour and 30, like right on the nose, is not a bad runtime at all. But in these first couple scenes, I'm kind of like, uh... Because like, you know, the first time I've ever seen... The first time ever watching it, I'm expecting a pinhead slasher. It's just, you Mm -hmm. know... I probably mm-hmm. should have looked into it a little more. And then I'm watching this, and I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? You know? And and it's not that it's bad. It's just not for me. Although, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of notes on those first, like, three or four scenes.
1: No, I'm with you because, I mean, I I went into the movie blind as well. Uh, and then, you know, the very opening scene, you know, you see Frank sitting there. And then you see Penn, and you're like, all right, we're going to get a Penn right, movie. Right, right. Uh, not, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> go ahead Brian what's your thoughts on the opening stuff
2: yeah that's what I was going to say is that you get pinhead right off the bat but you know he's it it, like teases you with him and boom you don't even get him to the end of the movie and that's kind of where I'm at with this like the first hour of this movie I really don't like at all and then it gives you about you know probably 25 minutes or so of really good I'm like all right fine this movie's great and then the very very ending I hate just spoiler alert I don't they they definitely shouldn't have done what they did but uh you know, i um, like i said, the the practical effects were really good, especially at the beginning. Like it actually felt that room with all the meat and like it just felt gross, which is good. Um, it's just I felt like the effects, I know a million dollars was a lot of money back then, but it's still not as much money as this movie needs for what it wants to do, I guess if that makes sense because, A lot of movies like take take any of the early Friday the 13th, for instance, were really low budget, but they didn't really feel low budget to me. Like this movie really like felt low budget because you get the 80s CG Masters of the Universe type puzzle (laughs) box lights, which were just like, man. Yeah, I I mean, it just it it takes you out of it all these years later a little bit. Um, The uh, I will say Claire, the actor, uh, actress Claire does a really good job if you can get past, you know, her eighties hair and makeup of letting you feel like that she's, you know, hiding something based on her act. So she does do a good job of leaving you hints and just the way yeah. that she, with faces she makes, you can tell she's definitely hiding something there. Um, I did, I did like the daughter Christy's Christie's character. You know, she's a, she's in, uh, I think four, four of the Hellraiser movies. So um, I, I I think she's, I liked her. Her acting had a lot to be desired in this one, but I will say it does get better going moving forward. Uh, she reminded me a whole lot of Heather Lang camp, but didn't quite have the acting chops right off the bat, if that makes sense. Speaking of Christy, hello. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Before, no. you, before, before you go, Drew, I just want to touch on something Brian said. He brought up the budget with only a million dollars. I mean, to be fair, four years later, a movie we just did, uh, Silence of the Lambs, that movie had a $19 million budget. It didn't have right. nowhere near the kind of effects this movie had. So I can definitely see why this movie struggled, you know, yeah. budget-wise with its effects. Uh, go ahead, Drew. What are your thoughts on the opening scenes?
0: Well, I'm going gonna, gonna to reply on that uh, because Silence of the Lambs did not go into Supernatural. So the budget and what it did is two totally different things. Like, Silence of the Lambs did not right. uh, need a Supernatural, you know, things that goes in it, but... 19 million versus 1 million is a big difference and that's like i said before we jumped on the call just like you know had this movie actually been put out now like the concept of this movie being put out now would have made it a hundred times better than it was in 1987 not that it was terrible in 1987 but like i said you go back to uh the thing and the way they did they put that out and the made the made the monsters on that one, it just uh the comparison was just the thing was a head heads and a tails above what this one was. But as far as open scenes, like you know, like I think they spent uh a little too much time like in the beginning. Like, you know, you just would have hit that uh the spinning the spinning uh, cube, I guess you would say, that's in there with his face and the face parts. Like it. it it tries to paint a portrait of, like, uh, doom and gloom and pulling, you know, it apart or whatever. And then you got the face that he's just, like, sitting there putting it together like like it's a puzzle. You know, I was like, oh, okay. You know, you know, seeing this as uh, compared to when I watched it before, the first time, I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, this is an uh, adult horror puzzle piece putting together on his face. And... After that, it, like Brian said, it went to, um, it just took forever to kind of get to where it was going to go. Right. Like, it took forever. I was like an hour in, and I'm like, okay, let's get into that. And like the last 30 minutes, and then like Brian said, the ending just like killed you. But they the opening scenes, I was not terrible. It wasn't terribly done. It was one of those ones where it's just like, okay, it was good. Nice little, nice little intro. Now let's we'll see where it goes, and then we wait for the next two scenes.
1: Next scene starts off. It has Larry and there's some movers. They're carrying this mattress inside. And, you know, they're just moving stuff inside of their new house. But then it just cuts to Kirsty. Uh, she's walking like by the river. Then she's like walking up to the house and you see like all the statues they took outside. And she walks in. And, and, you know, that's when I found out that Julia wasn't her mom. Uh, Larry brings the movers some beer. And, you know, she's trying to to make coffee, but, like, the sink kind of, like, explodes all over her face. The faucet all messes up. And, you know, Julia's upstairs looking at these pictures again. She tears a picture of Frank to where you can only see just Frank. She tears the woman out. She has a flashback to when she met Frank. And I wrote down there's a really loud score as uh, Julia goes to the attic. She goes back to the flashback of Frank when she has an affair with him. He he cuts he cuts her top off with a knife, and then I wrote <laughs> I just wrote dirty bitch has an affair on her husband on her with her husband on top of her own wedding dress. Uh, mm-hmm. Larry cuts his hand. Larry cuts his hand as they're moving the attic up on his big nail, and she, he drips blood throughout the house. And I just wrote, it seemed like a pretty excessive amount of blood. I don't know if you believe really
2: that much. (laughs) I wrote the words clotting disorder. So, yes, I I did the same thing. Uh,
1: The blood is saturating to the floor, and you see, like, this small little heart form underneath the floor. They leave to take uh, take him to the hospital. Then this, I thought this was kind of a cool scene. Like, limb by limb, this body, you know, the, the floorboard starts shaking, and this body arises from the attic floor. And it forms piece by piece, but the body has like no, it doesn't have a lot of flesh on it. it has no skin, and now there's now the we're at dinner with the the parents and Kirsty and her boyfriend Steve and some other friends. You know they're just talking, drinking, having a good time. But Julia, she she just looks, she looks really uncomfortable. She's smoking, not really doing much, and she just leaves to go to bed. She goes upstairs and she hears noises. She goes into the attic and she sees this skinless corpse. And it calls her name. She tries to run away. But the, this corpse, like, crawls to her and shuts the door and says, help me, it's Frank. And she can't believe it. Le- he says Larry's blood on the floor brought him back to life. He tells Julie he needs more bodies to be healed. And then, you know, Kirsty sees – Kirsty goes upstairs to use the bathroom. And she sees Julie, and she looks – I just read she looks shook. Drew, do you want to go first on those two scenes, man?
0: Uh, I'll say this, like – Right off the bat, like, you can tell they put the main focus on, like, uh, what's her name? Julia. They put the main focus on Julia's obsession with Frank in these things right here. It's like, it's like, oh, right back, and then, like, her obsession just with him, and, like, what he did to her, like, how he changed the way she thought about life, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I'll say like the beginning of the way they the body just kind of like come through the the floors and way it just kind of come together. And you saw the rib cage come up. It was great visual. It was a great visual. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, and I had to put oh, myself yeah. like in the 1980s because like you know now you see that in a movie now you'd be like man that's cheesy as hell. But then you know that was kind of something different than nobody else has ever done. And uh, so I really liked that. Go ahead, Brian.
2: Um, yeah, so the first note I have, like, on this group of scenes has, you know, I wrote down, I was like, oh, so Kirsty, you know, kisses her dad on the lips, and I said, which I thought was a little weird, right up until she goes right into her future mother-in-law, <laughs> banging her uncle Frank with a switchblade, so I was like, oh, okay, well, that's way less weird now. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the cut, how, it, how the scene, like, cut in between the sex scene with, with, uh, Frank and, uh, Claire and the movers grunting to move the mattress up the right. stairs. That so was, lame. I was like, man, that's so weird. Like, I didn't, I mean, it was just, I said, I, Clive Barker must have some really deep-seated Stephen King weirdness shit going on, for sure, because uh, there's some, there's, that's the least of the weird shit, probably, that goes on in this movie. Um, they, I did not at all understand The blood dropping on the floor and bringing back Frank. It didn't explain that. That's what's frustrating this movie. It did the second movie, and the second movie it explains exactly why it did that is because he died in that spot, and blood can bring him back, and it explains that. And so I don't understand why they just left that hanging. But that's not the first thing they leave hanging in here. Maybe maybe it was left, you know, got left on the cutting room floor somewhere, but. Um I will say the the Harry Potter Voldemort looking creature of Frank coming <laughs> coming from the floor like it was it was great that was great practical effects I completely agree with Drew on that um the uh, the dinner scene it was, man, that was really, really bad. So it went from like that great yeah. scene into the dinner scene, which was the cuts were really weird. There was unrealistic conversation. The dialogue was really terrible. And so I was just, you know, that I, that wasn't great. But this group of scenes did end on a high point when it cut back and you find out that Voldemort was actually Frank. And it was great, great makeup. Um, you know, I, the last thing I wrote on here was how clear really bought into the, hey, get me more blood very quickly from mm-hmm. from this monster yeah. really quickly. She bought into it. You know, it, it didn't take her much. So she's pretty crazy, but even gets crazier moving on. So
1: Go ahead, Mike. As
3: much as I don't necessarily love this plot, I, there's a couple things I do like. I like the character of Claire as far as seeing her. She's got something to hide. She plays it well, like you mentioned earlier. And you see in a couple of these scenes where she's, her gears are starting to turn that on the crazy clock. Like like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like she's going from one gear to another, and, and you can kind of see those things turning. Like you said, these couple – man, they got some weird cuts and edits. The way yes. they're put together is very, very weird. And then, again, we're watching a horror movie, so the word weird can be used in many different ways. That's but true. Clearly, Clive Barker's got some BDSM type stuff, <laughs> oh, man. Big like
0: time. he's <laughs> into some. Oh, Clive's into some shit. Okay. That's some UK. So, I mean, you gotta remember this is some UK shit too. Right, 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 right. And if we have any UK listeners, we love you. It's okay.
3: <laughs> um, but uh, what I will say is I did like how, you know, you know, like you said, the reveal ends up being Frank, and I like. How'd I put this? I don't like a lot of the cuts, but I. I at least like the effects. Like you said, I like the, the body, the way it comes up from the floor. I thought that was done really well. And, but again, I'm just not following this plot. And the reason is, it's the same reason. I know, I know we just met the cast. I love them to death. But it's kind of the reason I don't love Raw Zombies' version of Halloween. Because this family is white trash without the accents. Like, we're fucking brothers. We're kissing dads on the mouth. This is fucking weird, man. Like it's very, it's a different deal. And by the way, side note, when when the brother starting to manifest itself with flesh and shit, he kind of looks like Freddy Krueger, like slightly like, like a bloody. Freddy like Kruger. a melty version yeah. of him. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I actually kind of like that. <laughs> go, <laughs> go ahead, Brian. Uh, yeah, so I meant to say this too earlier. Like it opens up with Frank, you know, in the, with the puzzle box, but you have no idea who Frank is. That whole entire scene makes absolutely no sense. So they should have just opened up with the family like they were going to and shown all of that. Maybe once you hear about Frank, once you Uh learn who he is a little bit, and that would have given that scene a little bit better context because it, it really is a waste because you're just watching something. You have no idea who this person is, and they don't even tell you. And so I, I think that that would have maybe helped it out a little bit. I think, just,
0: I think if they would have actually shown like, you know, when they show the like the wedding, like, Hey, you know, this is our wedding and like Frank's cutting, you know, the strap yes. off that would have been like the opening scene to begin with after they show the box to kind of those show, you know, pinhead up in it. I think if they would have just went and said, Hey, you know, this is uh Frank and this is uh you know, his sister-in-law and they're fucking on their, uh, you know, wedding night, and right, then right. into the we're moving into the house, and you could have you could have followed a little bit long. The plot in this one is so sporadic, so <laughs> sporadic throughout right. the whole movie. And and real quick, this is the point in the
3: movie where I'm watching it and I want I want some pinhead. Like having seen some of the oh, sequels, yes. there yeah, is absolutely. a point in this movie where I think to myself. This movie could use a little, you know, slash and dash. Like, it needs a little bit of that character, that pinhead echo boy. Like, it, it needs something to kind of spruce it up a little bit. But, I mean, you know, it was never the intention in this movie, and I got to keep that in mind.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, they, don't, they didn't even know what to do with him in the second movie, to be honest with you. Like, there was a lot more pinhead, and I right. liked the second one a lot better. But it almost made him a good guy. And so, I mean, he wasn't even, you know, near the bad guy in that one either. So I don't think they knew what they had at all. There's not a slasher franchise out
3: there that for some fucking reason has not tried to make their villain a good guy. I will never understand it. Freddy's a child molester. Michael Myers and Jason are cruel or cold-blooded murderers. And Pinhead is a fucking demon. So what are we doing?
0: But he's an angel. He's a demon and an angel to some. (laughs) <laughs> okay, he's a demon, goddamn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next scene it shows Kirsty and Steve. They've left. They they left the dinner. They're walking. Uh, they're walking to her, I think Steve's house, and he asked, "Why don't you just stay there?" I just wrote down. She doesn't seem to like uh, Julia. And they as they're walking home, you get this this little creepy moment where there's like this bum-looking guy who I could not figure out who the hell this guy was in this movie. He's, like, standing in the alley watching them, and they, you know, she's just turned off, they're turned off, but they just walk away, they go to the subway station or whatever, and then they show him like, making out. Then mm-hmm. it just, that's it. Now we're in bed with uh, Larry and Julia. She has flashbacks to her and Frank having sex. She goes to the attic and tells Frank, she tells Frank she will do it, as in she will go get him bodies. Kirsty has a nightmare. She sees his body covered in, like, white sheets, blankets, and then you get, like, this noise of, like, a baby crying in the background, and you just see this body. Like, it, it looks like it's just, like, you know, shooting blood all over these sheets. And she wakes up. She's freaking out. And Steve's, like, wakes her up, like, what's going on? What's going on? But Kirsty, she calls her dad just to make sure he's okay. Julia goes to the bar now to find victims for Frank. She brings a man home, and he immediately starts kissing her. Like, he's he, – he my guy is all about the business. He ain't trying to talk. He ain't trying to get to know this girl. <laughs> you know he's getting he's getting i wrote down he's getting pissed off because you know he's like in this why you brought me here uh she takes him upstairs to the attic and he asks like hey, oh where's the bed uh he's and she says no uh, you don't need a bed you know he takes his pants off and all that stuff but she grabs his hammer and she starts beating him in the head as he tries to leave the bath or to leave the attic to go pee she look as he looks away frank you know Frank tells her to leave the room because he's got a – I wrote down he just drains the body. He, like, drains the blood out and, like, absorbs I guess, yep. is what he's doing. She goes to the bathroom. She starts cleaning up this blood off of her. And she goes back in, and she sees that Frank has become more – he's become more whole as a person. Like, I think he's got, like, some more flesh on him. He's getting closer to being a real human. Larry comes home, and she, and she moves his body into another room. She goes back to the bathroom and says she's feeling sick. And she's asking for Brandon because, you know, he's trying to be a good husband, check on her, see if she's doing okay. But she says she's feeling sick. She wipes the rest of the blood off of her. Frank says one or two more bodies and he'll be whole and they can escape and they can escape the centibites. Frank tells her that they belong together. Uh, Brian, you got any thoughts on the first <laughs> victim for Frank? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I'm going right.
1: to get my thoughts on all this, like the, the killing. I'll get all my thoughts on that in my review. Go ahead, Brian.
2: Okay, um, so the scene where it had the bird feathers and the, you know, by the way, way too red blood, but there was blood everywhere. It actually, I, it was a look with all that feathers and stuff in there that I'd never really seen in a horror movie before, so I actually really dug that. That was some originality, and I really liked that a lot, actually. um, I wrote down that this guy at the bar had to have been wasted because this chick looked like Bon Jovi that he was about to take back to the house, <laughs> and then he gets back to the house, and it's a nasty old attic wooden floor that he's just down he's like all right i'm dtf let's go um there was some really good effects with that hammer kill again uh, the uh, the effects in this movie again are really good especially for the budget so um i will give them props for that for most of it anyway um but in the last the last two things i wrote is that uh you know she lets nasty slime skin frank like feel her up and mm-hmm. i was i was like whoa this chick is absolutely nutso so if mike's talking about that nutso meter going up it just went off the charts right here in this scene and i i was you know i was, I had that feeling and then i totally just started dying laughing because she carries the corpse across the staircase <laughs> and he still got his whitey tidies on, and so I'm just cracking up. And so I am thinking in my head during this thing, what are they doing with these corpses? Which I'll get to later, because they obviously don't give a shit about this house. is fucking disgusting. It's what? fucking disgusting, mm-hmm. and all of it. They live with rats. They've got and and they don't even care. It's just like oh that just must have been some rats. There's rats. There's corpses. This house must smell like absolute dog shit. So I'm glad Bon <laughs> I'm glad Bon Jovi got her to uh, got her bring some up there and got some before the house or you know the whole house started stinking really bad. Um oh the last thing I do want to say during this since you brought up the whole skin rejuvenation thing is in my head while I was watching this movie I, I pieced together and I was like oh, okay you know she's. He's like sucking the life force from him and his skin's like growing back. You know, that's that's what I assumed. And that's what I thought. And in the second movie, that's what happens. And I was correct. But yet later in this movie, they contradict that entire thing by, you know, he 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 sucks the life force from Claire. Spoiler alert. Later on, doesn't skin doesn't grow back. It's still hanging off his face. So I was like, maybe I was wrong. And then you he skinned. His was it Larry? Is that his name? Skinned his brother and then just like wore it. Like, uh-huh. it, you know, I don't, yeah. I mean, it was just what's what's going on with that plot? Like, I feel like they don't even know what they were doing.
1: Go ahead, Jerry.
0: Uh, I'll say this uh, I got in there, and uh, Claire, it's Claire, right? Yeah, Claire. And uh, at that first hammer kill, like she smacks him once, twice, and then like they like pan to a dude's face, and he's like. It was like the worst effect ever and then I had to remember like Ryan said there was like a really really right. low budget on it. But I still felt like even though that's you could have gotten a little bit better of a reaction from the kill face. I mean, that looked like ghost ghost face. That's what it looked like. A terrible terrible ghost face. Hey, <laughs> hey fuck. Hey fuck you Drew. <laughs> what? <laughs> It, I mean, it's just like I'm getting like, okay. I'm getting my biggest takeaway from these scenes is like uh, with her. It's like, you know, honestly, like throughout the whole movie is, like I said, was just not really about pinhead. It was about her just diving into the what she would do to bring Frank back, you know, as a full human being. She's like, OK, yeah, cool. I'll bring these random strangers from home from the bar and like hit him over the face with a dang hammer. Like, one, two, double tap. Here, you suck the blood out of them, and I'll go run away. And then, like, she just dives deeper into that. So I think it was more of like a... Uh, let's see how far she would go more than it was anything in this movie. Right.
2: Spoiler, spoiler alert. She has no boundaries. I was going <laughs> to <That> say... <laughs> I was say, Man, I... Uh, I started to
3: become so frustrated while watching this movie again the other day because... For one, the plot is literally – and thought I, I were repeating each other, the plot is all over the fucking place. And it's not so much that I'm not entertained. Like, there's a part of me that really enjoys either A, so bad it's good, or B, cheesy 80s slashers. Like, there's a part of me that can enjoy that for what it is. But this isn't that. Like, this movie is just fucking weird. And there's some <laughs> scenes in it that's gross. Like, and I'm not a big – you know, unless it's done really well, like the like Chainsaw Massacre remake, like, I'm just not a big fan of gross. Like, <laughs> like it, 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 it just kind of leaves me uneasy, which is, it's intent, I'm assuming. Um, I actually like the hammer kill. I think the hammer kill is fine. Like, I, I, um, it's well, right. The
0: kill itself was fine. It's just the right. face that they showed well, oh the yeah. the end of it. it's just of like, course. oh my god, that's what they're gonna show? Well,
3: After showing, like, the oh, piece I know. the
0: face on the, the cube? Oh, I know.
3: And, and like y'all have mentioned, the rejuvenation of of Frank, that that whole thing, I'm not re- – I'm just not I'm not interested. Like I don't because I don't as good as some of these human characters are fleshed out, like you mentioned, Brian, there are some that are well that are well done. I don't give a fuck about half mutant Frank. I I mean I mean I know we're supposed to, but I don't. I really like the character of Claire. The more crazy and batshit she gets the more I like her because that's her whole character. Like that's good. She's into all kinds of weird sexual shit, which is hey, no kink shaming over this way. But (laughs) I mean, you know, I'm just saying there's no, Hey, no kink shames to be had. I'm just saying from a movie standpoint, I'm like, blah, like where's pinhead, which is, I know. Sue me. I'm just a slasher guy. And this isn't that now. Again, hammer kill, I'm like, okay, got some slashing and dashing going on. This is what I'm talking about, baby. So, that's kind of what I took away.
1: I'm going to go ahead and just spoil it. Um, that was one of my biggest problems this movie. I just got tired of the, let's go get a body, bring him home, get it. Yeah. That, that plot point, that gimmick just got so wore out to me. That was one of my biggest problems with this movie. But the next scene, it starts off with a jump scare because I'm jump scared Nico. The next <laughs> thing there was a jump scare with this monkey in a cage at a pet store, which was completely unnecessary. Yes. Christy, I, Christy, I guess she got a job at because she was telling her boyfriend and her dad that they, she was looking for a job. I guess she's working at this pet store. And that same guy who was like watching her and Steve in the in the you know hall, like in the outside in the alleyway, he's in there like causing a ruckus because he's got like his hand inside. I think it was was it crickets guys. He has a hand like in like the cricket bucket and like he's got a handful, they're like all over his glove, and he's just eating them. And I'm like, What in the world? And you know, and Christy's like yelling, and it's like get get out of the store, get out, and he finally leaves, and then we get another jump scare with Steve, because he touches her on the shoulder. And it's like, Really, guys, it's like, Come on, man. And you know, he's like, What's going on here? But then it just and now it just shows Julia, she's at the house with another man. She kills him with, you know, the first man that she killed, you know, you kind of felt like a little hesitation, a little, you know, sense of fear of doing it. This time, she had no problem killing this dude. <laughs> she killed him. She looks like she's ready. To, like, I'll go get you another one. And then, you know, Frank absorbs him, too. And then I just wrote, LOL, no skin, Frank, he's smoking now. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's like, she wants an explanation of, like, what's going on. So he shows her this puzzle box. He tells her of the pain and pleasure he experienced with the Cenobites. After this, Larry and Julia, they're watching boxing on the couch, and he hears, like, these these beating noises upstairs. Uh, She doesn't want him to go up there. She's, like, doing everything she can to, like, prevent him from going into this attic. You know, she starts kissing him. She's doing, you know, she's throwing, you know, the sex stuff on him. But he insists on going to see what made that noise. He opens the attic door, and he says it's probably just a rat. And like Brian said, they're just cool with having rats all in their house. Yeah, they're cool. And, it, and it, it showed kind of a cool, you know, cool visual of these mics nailed to the wall. The couple, they go into the bedroom, they lay down, they start kissing, you think they're about to have sex. But, you know, Julia, she's laying there, she's looking around, she sees clues that Frank is in the room. And Frank, he opens the closet door and he comes out, and he's got this knife in his hand. And he takes it and he cuts like the top of his mouse off of him. Like, he cuts like the top half of his mouse off of his body. And she's trembling. She's freaking out and scared. And then Larry, and I wrote down, it's kind of weird because Larry just kept kissing her like on the neck and everything while she's freaking out. Like, like what is like, dude, do you not have like any self-awareness of what's going at on? At all. No
0: and then eventually, yeah, all.
1: Frank Frank disappears. And, you know, then Larry gets over like, what's going on? I'm confused. I thought you wanted to, you know, have sex or whatever. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Very confusing yeah. stuff going on here. Brian, you want to go?
2: Yeah, sure. Look, there's no fucking reason for cricket fucking eating guy to be in this movie. There's no <laughs> yes. reason whatsoever. There is. I don't I, I even he's, he hates, he's the crickets. And I'm thinking, all right, well, this is ridiculous. But all right, there's going to be some explanation coming on later. There's no reason for this dude to be anywhere in this movie. So it makes absolutely no sense. So to me, that's terrible writing. Um, and. I didn't get. I guess there's two parts in this little section that you're reading here that I totally did not get whatsoever. why the cricket people and or the cricket eating thing, and the fact where Frank is hiding in the closet, walks up, like cuts a rat with a knife, and then like goes back. Why? Is he like threatened? Is he kind of like threatening her or something like, all right, this is what I'm going to do to Larry? Or mm-hmm. I really didn't get that whatsoever. I just thought it, I just thought it was gross. And like Mike said, like that's nasty.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a good point. so like was that like a threat or like was he like saying if you do anything with Larry, I'll just kill him now or something? Yeah, it, it just kind of oh. confused me. And Larry just kept kissing her like while she's like like she's laying there like she was she saying no was,
0: a lot of times and too. she was
1: obviously not into it, but he just kept he's like. Maybe if I just keep kissing her, she'll get into the mood. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, Drew. What's your thoughts, man?
0: Um, like the uh, the the cricket guy, I thought was hilarious. Like as like he's got the crickets on the hand, and she's like, "Oh, put them back!" And he just like looks up there and just starts eating them. Just like, yeah, I'm gonna put them right back after I, I start eating them. Like, I, didn't under- I didn't understand why. Like, and then you really don't even see this guy again until like at the very very end of the fucking movie and it's still even then when you see them
2: then it still doesn't make no damn sense no not at all i think clive but, barker is like let's what's fucking gross right here oh uh, let's have somebody eating crickets yes, and for I absolutely think no reason, reason for
0: gross factor. like the whole <laughs> yeah. way through he's just like you know what's and i i don't know i don't know like you know these it's like we said at the beginning it started off, it was good, and then it's like, okay, it takes a good hour or so to get into it. Yeah. And then you're like, the last 30 minutes is great, and then you get let down again in the last 15 minutes of the movie. So, like, I think they spent, it's almost like this movie right here should have been a sequel versus a, I'm starting this uh, franchise off with, like, the first movie. It should have been, this This movie should have been a second instead of a first
1: Something that I honestly wish I would have done is watch the original trailer for this. I should have watched the trailer before I actually watched the movie, because you know I watched this movie on Amazon Prime Video, and the cover of it that they show is Pinhead, and yeah, it says mm-hmm. it'll tear it'll it'll tear your soul. So, but the movie doesn't have a lot of Pinhead, so I I really wish I would have went and watched the trailer before that. And like you guys said, I had no idea what this bozo cricket eating guy like. What is his role in this movie? Like, it doesn't establish anything about him except he's just there. You know, I, I don't get it at all. But the, the next scene starts off with Larry and Kirsty. They're at dinner together because uh, Frank didn't kill Larry. Uh, he, he, he's, he's telling his daughter, Kirsty that he's really he's, – he's, he's basically just venting and complaining because Julia doesn't ever want to leave the house with him. And so he asks her to stop by and try to be friends with her. Maybe that will make her lighten up some. Frank tells her Frank tells Julia to bring another one so he can become whole. And as she and as Julia is bringing another person home, Kirsty's going over, you know, to meet with Julia and hang out and try and become friendly with one another. Kirsty sees him bring another man home. She gets him upstairs into the attic. She hits him with a hammer. Frank attacks him. But Kirsty sneaks inside. She goes upstairs. The guy Frank attacked and Frank come out of the attic door. He tells he Frank tells Kirsty that who he is cuz he doesn't look like Uncle Frank obviously. And then he tells her that she's beautiful. He pushes her against the wall. Let me flip my page real quick guys. But she she actually, you know, she fights back. She punches him like through his like gut cuz there's no skin. She like punches into his flesh. And she falls to the ground when she grabs that puzzle box and and you know, Frank is like, "Hey, don't mess with that box." And she she like, "Oh, so you want it." So she throws it out the window. And then you know she goes out. She goes outside and she escapes with the box. As she walks away, she's reliving what happened. And I just wrote down a couple of nuns walk past her, and they don't do nothing real, you know, real nun-like of you nuns. Uh, Kirsty, <laughs> she wakes up in the hospital. She tries to get up, but almost passes out. And the doctor, and the nurse, but don't the doctor and the nurse don't really answer either. And that's kind of it was kind of weird to me. Uh, the doctor, you know, I wrote down <laughs> he looks like discount Lionel Richie. <laughs> he gives. It, <laughs> He gives her the puzzle box and they lock her in the room. You know, she's begging to call like her dad, but they won't let her. They'll eventually will let you. Don't worry about that. You know, she starts spinning this box around like a Rubik's Cube and she finally solves the puzzle. And the wall of her hospital room opens and she goes to check it out in typical white girl fashion, as I wrote. Then I wrote a creature that looks like it came from the thing. It looks like a big caterpillar kind of, but it's got like a scorpion tail. It starts chasing her down this hallway. And then she falls down. But when she falls down, she's back in her room with the closed wall. Then the lights kind of go out. And you see, like, the cracks in between the tiles. They light up. Then smoke starts to fill the room. Uh, weird noises come from the TV. And then a centibite appears. And then Pinhead and another centibite appear. Pinhead says opening the box summons them. She, she says it was a mistake. He says she must come with them and experience their pleasure. She snitches on her Uncle Frank saying that he escaped from me. He says, if she's lying, that we'll tear your soul apart. And I thought that was a really cool line. Uh Drew, you want to go first on those two scenes, man?
0: Oh, that line right there is one of the probably the best lines in the whole movie. Also, uh <clears throat> can I I wanna say this because I know I know Brian's a huge Ghostbusters fan, right? So when I saw the Two-headed monster or whatever coming down the hall. Why did I think of what's Slimer,
2: yeah, but in slimer. pink in yeah, pink slimer. fashion? <laughs> yeah. I was like,
0: this is Slimer coming down the hall chasing after <laughs> I mean, him in, in pink instead of. I mean, this is where I was like, man, they could have done s- such a better job, and it, it kind of let me down here. And this is again like what we're talking about, like watchability from then to now. It just. It fell flat on me. It fell flat on me. This right here, like running down the thing, she just, just happens. To, she reaches this. It shows like at the end of the hall. it Shows this door. Like oh, like that. That just has to be where she has to go to get away from this monster. And then she gets there, and it's not there. Then you hear the su- sound of it again. And then all of a sudden, here, you know, here comes Pinhead and his, you know, two minions, you know, the the holder or whatnot.
1: Go ahead, Brian. What are your thoughts, man?
2: will tear your soul (laughs) apart
1: okay
2: so sorry sorry mike's the impressionist mike's the impressionist no that was much better than i would have done i'm so (laughs) glad you did it i'm so glad uh, look this is this is where the movie starts picking up for me yeah start this is Mm -hmm. the little section that i like yeah um but i will say the well okay first off where the hell did claire go the entire sequence with frank and kirsty right there um that that's to me I, I don't know she wasn't even in that whole scene it was really bizarre um, it, it was I don't I don't know it, she I guess she ran off to another room or I don't really know but I thought that was kind of bad writing but the uh, the the monster chasing as much greatness as I talked about the practical effects I thought the monster really didn't look good at all but right. I also think that that probably has to do with It was probably a lot darker in all the – and it was intended to probably be a lot darker, but all these HD transfers that we've had probably shed a lot more light on that thing than was meant to. So that's where I I will kind of say that that's probably probably it because, you know, I mean, all the Cenobites to me look great, and I know this is the first time – I think this is the first time that you're really introduced – to the the chatterer is that is that I think that's uh, I think that's right. Cinnabite's name. The I chatterer. actually kind of like that point. character. I really yeah. like that dude a lot. I think yeah. he's great. So uh, yeah, of course, me and Mike have the same favorite Cinnabite. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that's it. That's where I'm at.
1: Go ahead, Mike.
3: Nah, I actually really yeah. like the chatterer. Like I, I I would like I would have rather the whole series continued with the chatterer. Although I do like Benhead and some of the sequels, so I'm not sh- I'm not shitting on that um like y'all said this is kind of the part of the movie where i'm at least interested to see where they're going what they're doing um i feel like the effect shot that you talk about with the two-headed pink uh you know Slimer ripoff i feel like some of that like is the direction that got the camera a little too close to it Mm -hmm. and so because of that I'm like, oh, this is. It looks like like fake throw
0: up almost. And like the battle, the battle for the cube was so terrible.
3: Right? No, it's not good. And and I hate to again. 1987. I try to keep my standards low, but even mm-hmm. in 1980s, I've seen some other 1987 movies that have a low budget that do a better job than this. So yes, I really I don't want to hear that. And uh, again, there's just some. I like the hot. <laughs> How do I put this? I like some of the hospital stuff. Uh, I think it's fine. Like I said, I like the chatterer, Pinhead. You know the line that Brian did, delivered so perfectly. I enjoy that. You know there, there are some things here and there, but to me, this is okay. This is my number my number two sin in the movie besides being boring. Like my number two my number two sin is being all over the place. Mm-hmm. I'm having a really difficult time. Maybe I'm just an idiot. I'm having a really difficult time no. following what the story is at this point. For, for sure. What what am I watching? That at this point it just kind of seems like a collection of a bunch of different shit. I mean, I don't know, man. I I'm just the only character we get like. A, I mean, you know, once I know we're not there yet, but there comes a point where I'm I only care about um only care about Christy, Kirstie. and or Kirsty. Sorry. And even then, like, damn, dude, like, I don't know. I just feel like this is way all over the place. It's why it was almost hard to take notes on it outside of effects. This shot was cool. This this kill was cool. As far as following this damn story, it was fucking difficult. Yeah, my notes have a whole lot of question marks on it. (laughs) Well, there's a whole lot of. And by the way, I'm okay with not every question being answered in a movie. But in this particular movie, they don't answer shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> like give me something
3: Which is why I actually really like the sequel I really like uh, The second one
1: Alright fellas I need y'all to stick with me Because these are the last two scenes And I basically wrote everything after this The The hospital scene I wrote it all in these next two scenes So buckle Good. up Julia go. is with Frank talking Frank Frank says all he cares about Is getting his new skin Larry comes home to Julia Steve Steve finds out at the hospital that Kirsty isn't there no more. So they decide he decides to go back to her house. Kirsty gets to the house now too. Kirsty hugs her dad. Says she needs to talk to him, but Frank has already taken over his body. And I wrote down with a big star beside it. How does she not see the blood and stuff all over his neck and all over his face and all that? Like it it obviously looked like she put he put the face on it. So that really bothers me with her because I was I was team Kirsty up to this point, but she kind of let me down with that. Kirstie says she needs to see him, so Julia takes her to the attic, and the Cenobites appear. Pinhead says they want the man who did this, a.k.a. killed this body. Julia and Kiersey, they, you know, they have a brief skirmish. They start fighting a little bit, and she realizes Frank took over her dad's body. She scratches his flesh off of his face, and that's a dead giveaway to her. He pulls out a knife and kills Julia by accident, <laughs> and I wrote, <laughs> but just absorbs her as well no big deal he obviously didn't care about her he just he just <laughs> awesome. to, he just he just wanted to be a, a human
3: a human again give
2: me back to what i want oh yeah she's pissed off about that in the second one by the way yeah just yeah saying. i was gonna say the
3: second one goes way <laughs> way far into it
1: He goes after Kirsty now upstairs i get you know falls jump scare when this jesus statue falls out of like this closet or whatever uh Kirsty lee you know she's hiding in the closet and uh frank doesn't see her and Kirsty, she just leaves the room and just, you know, starts staring over these steps. And then Frank comes out of the attic door and chases her into the room with the, in the attic with a knife. Then lights from outside appear. The Cenobites show up and bind Frank with chains after he admitted killing Larry. You know, these chains and hooks. You know, they grab him as she goes to, as he went to stab Kirsty. He says it is a cool scene. He's you know all bound up with hooks and chains, and he says Jesus wept. Right as the, all the chains pull his body apart and rip him to pieces, she tries to escape this house, but the Cenobites have her surrounded. She grabs a puzzle box from uh, Julia's dead body in her hands. Pinhead appears behind her, and Kirsty like he's, she solves a little bit of the puzzle, and then Pinhead disappears. Then yeah, is this it's just all over the place. Steve comes in he, Steve comes inside the house now. And he's almost stabbed by a centipede, but that like a piece of the house falls on this one centipede. They open the door, and that I put in quotations the thing-looking creature starts chasing them. It grabs Kirsty and, and tries to grab the puzzle box. Then Kirsty finally gets the box to close all the way. The creature disappears, and Steve and Kirsty finally get out of the house and leave. Now it just shows Kirsty and Steve they're around like all these little fires, and Kirsty throws the puzzle box onto a fire. And then that guy from the alleyway and the guy who was eating the crickets, he appears out of nowhere. He grabs a box and catches on fire, like his beard and his clothes. It all catches on fire. Then, it, like, a huge WTF moment. He becomes like, I wrote down, a dragon-like creature. It just flies off. And then the film, the film ends with the original guy who sold the puzzle box giving it to another customer. And when this movie ended, I was like, what the hell just happened in this ending?
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before I even get my thoughts, I don't necessarily want to go first. I just want to say at the end of that movie, as that fucking bone dragon, or, you know, it looked like a, 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 a like a velociraptor that you would see in in a museum. Like, that's literally how it looked. Yeah. And, well, here's the thing. The face that, that, that Kirsty made was the same face I made. Like, bitch, what the fuck? Well, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> She had the same look on her face that I did watching the movie. Like, it's – man, y'all go ahead. I have some more thoughts, but y'all go ahead.
1: I'll, I'll let Brian go, then you go, Mike, then we'll let Drew go since it's the okay. movie. I'll let him go. Right, on right. Me. Go
2: ahead, Brian. Yeah, man. So, Kirsty, come on. First of all, writers of this movie, come <laughs> – I mean, come on. Yes, like yes. You do not have to freaking – Make it look like you know you stapled his, you know Larry's face onto Frank's, and it's like all bleeding, all on the cross, and Christy or Kirsty never even questions it whatsoever. Um, and 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 again, going back to what I said earlier. It's supposed to suck the life force out and heal him. but what, So what was the point of Frank clear, killing Claire if it doesn't heal his face at all? So that, again, I don't think that the movie knew what it was doing right there at all. Um, I wasn't sure. I wrote down, obviously, I answered it later. But I wrote down, like, are the Cenobites restricted to only this room with the box? Like, what are the rules? Like, are there rules established here or what? Because, you know, they they pop in for like a second, but they're only in that room and Kirsty like shuts the door. And so you think, all right, well maybe they're only allowed in that room with the box. I'm not sure how the whole rules work, but they sure as hell didn't explain it to you whatsoever. But then again, you know, like I said, they pop all over the house, but I don't know if that's because she carried the box around the house. I'm not really sure at all. And that's something that's not even explained in the sequel. So I don't know how that works either. Um, uh, I have a nice little note that I said earlier about how nasty the house is. Where now we're finding corpses in rooms with rotting apparently and just disgusting. Um to me to me, I know Drew, I you can't see it, but I knew Drew shook his head on this line, but to me, I laughed and it was probably one of the best lines of the whole movie when Frank's being hung up and being torn apart and like the effects are really good. And he says, And Jesus wept like that to me made me laugh. And maybe I wasn't supposed to laugh in that part, but I thought it was really good. I really liked that. But right when the 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 ceiling fell on that one centibyte. That should have been the end of the movie. But I yes. think I, that should have yes. been the end of the movie, and that, that would have been it, and I would have been fine. And it would end on a high note, and it might have gotten a little bit higher rating from me. But then it was like, tried to go, okay, well, here, you know, going to the old school horror like tropes where it's like, you think they're safe, but there's a pop up of something else, except here's a pop up of Slimer thing that looks terrible in the light. And then then you get into the I mean, I I was at this point like, OK, well, you know, all right, I, I can deal with that. But then then the skeleton dragon thing. Well, I don't I don't know. dude. I really I don't know. Maybe maybe they did some test audiences or something and they were like, no, we we need a skeleton dragon out of nowhere from the bum with the crickets. And I, I, I don't I don't know. I really the ending to me is terrible
1: before you go my i just want to say two things Go ahead. the movie should have ended or maybe not ended but maybe you know show Kirsty, you know after after frank's body is ripped apart because wasn't that the deal with the Cenobites? Kirsty just brings them to frank like why i don't i didn't understand why they kept i didn't well, they, understand why they, they said they,
0: if if they were like if we're, we're with it then we'll let your soul go but
1: well, I guess they were a bunch of liars then. I mean, I mean that they're demons. she got still. I mean, are they
0: gonna tell you the truth? They're gonna get what they want out of it. Or are they angels, Drew? Which one? I mean both. It? They're Don't they're know. they're both according <laughs> to Pennhead.
1: She got I mean, she got Frank, you know, to admit it, so I feel like she dealt, right. she she kept her end of the bargain up. And I, I had another thought but I just lost it. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. If I think of it, I'll bring it up.
3: No ahead, man, Mike. like I just can't stand the way the last 15 minutes of this movie was written like it is it is. Look, I've already complained about this movie my, my, See, my voice gave out. That's how, you know, <laughs> I've already complained about the this movie being all over the place. But they take the one character that I've connected with on this journey so far like I. <sighs> and then they completely dump all over it. What the fuck is this dragon thing? And then <laughs> and then I and then I wrote down because I take my notes on my phone. And then I wrote down what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? What's in the box? Because <laughs> I, I really don't get its purpose. Like I kind of do. I get it all the way back to the beginning. It is the one thread throughout this whole fucking movie, this roller coaster ride that remains a constant, which I enjoy those kind of things. I just, I'm not, I'm not sure what we're dealing with. And I know that we're supposed to like as Brian flexes is on us is here on camera. You guys can't see it because we're not a visual medium. But anyway, uh, no, I just OK, this movie, I know it was short, but you could have probably shaved about the last five to six minutes off of this movie and got a better movie. Um, just not man. It's the plot. There's some good stuff here. Like I like the I like. The way they flashed out the human characters, I like Pinhead, but this last 15 minutes, I'm not bored. I'm mad that I'm watching it. That's what ends up happening, and I hate that when watching a movie.
1: Drew, before you guys remember what I was going to say, uh, all I was going to say was uh, whoever played that bum character or whatever must have been friends with Clyde Barker or something because he was pointless to me in this movie. Gosh, Clyde must have been like, "Hey, bro, I'll get you yeah. a, I'll get you a role in this movie. We'll get you a paycheck," and. uh, Damn, yeah, I, mean, I got you, bro. But go ahead,
0: Drew. That was my only other <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with uh, Mike. With uh, I'm gonna roll off what you was talking about. How you talking about uh, You know, it's a short movie, but they could have shaved five minutes off. I don't think they could have. They didn't really have to shave minutes off it. I think they needed to place more importance on where they were going with it. That's true. I think, I, right. I think if they would have finished up the last twenty minutes of the movie. And would have found where it flowed the most with where they could have probably segued into the second one or whatever, or ended it, whatever. I think they could have done that better. And I'm like anybody else in this one. I right hear the ending infuriated me. Like you could have easily just ended it. Like Brian said, you know, right there when that the thing falling down in the house and then there at the end. And again, the boyfriend and Christy the whole battle for the box again, what the fuck? Like, (laughs) how do you not grab it and do whatever and you run away from this thing? They're, like, both, like, doing the hand thing. It was like their T-Rex is both, like, going after the box. You know, it. Oh, it was so bad. (laughs) But outside of that, like, you know, I think this movie just... It just... The direction of this movie... Is what's going to keep it from being a great. Like, you know, the first one is good. The second one's. I love the second one. And the third one. I like the second great. one a lot better. Yeah. The second one's great. The third one's uh, pretty good. It's still better than the first one. But had this one been set up better in the direction and the production of it, I think would have set it up for even more success later on down the road. My. Hey. And real quick, my
3: big issue is there is no direction or at least to me like there's and I've already railed on this, but I'm having a really hard time following the story Mm -hmm. of this one. Mm -hmm. I wrote I wrote down a bunch of questions that I'm like, well, why is this here? Why is this here? Why is that there? And when you watch the sequel, it does answer those questions. However, I just feel like to be a a good standalone movie, I should not walk away asking that many more questions, questions like, than what you had, right? And it just doesn't it just doesn't flow well for me. The movie is so choppy, and I just I'm not a fan of those kind of movies. And one more thing, I want to add this before I give my rating in a little while. I'm not a fan of these kinds of movies that deal with demons and all that stuff. So, not because I'm scared of them, they're, they're just not my cup of tea. So I am going to be grading on a little bit of a harsher uh, level. But I can get into them as we've seen with the Conjuring movies, if they're done really well. I can get into these kind of movies, but this one is just so goddamn. It, there is no plot. Like it's like, it, I mean, it's almost like watching a, a run on episode of the, of family guy without the humor. Like <laughs> There is no real plot. Like there is just, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but there's no like consistent story other than what's in the fucking box to, to, to keep my interest. So I, I just, it bugs me because there are two or three movies in this series that are decent that show you can have a structured one, two, three act, you know, way to do things. This thing is just cuckoo bananas, man.
2: Yeah, I'm actually very surprised that they that this got big enough following to be able to continue on with it. And and yes, the series does get better as it goes on to me anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But, it does. So, there's also so,
3: a, a, there's also a meta one that you need to watch brian there's a it's not like full-on screen meta but it's very it it knows what's going on
2: (laughs) yeah so i don't i don't but i'm just very this movie was it's very bizarre that it got the following enough to even make a sequel so i mean you had some people i guess back then that were really really liked this movie even though i don't really see what they see in it now like i said i see what what you could see in the whole franchise, but at that point there was just this. So mm-hmm. that's kind of it's interesting.
1: Y'all boys, ready to jump into fun facts? Do it! I yeah. got like three wrote down. Who wants to Do go it. first? Not me. I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Clive, I got all mine off IMDb. Clive Barker responds to you know the special effects criticism at the end, saying it was due to budget. He said that. He and, and I in parentheses, a Greek guy animated these scenes by hand over a single weekend. He said he thought it came out well considering how much alcohol that they consumed. Oh <laughs> and then, the, then, then Andrew Robinson, the character of Larry, convinced Clyde Barker to replace the scripted line, fuck you, to the line Jesus wept whenever he got ripped apart by chains. And then my last one is kind of long. During a post-production party, when after filming had uh, ended, Doug Bradley, Pinhead, was dismayed to be ignored by the other members of the crew. He thought that, that they had all gotten along rather well in the cast and crew, and it wasn't until later that he realized that none of the crew had seen him without his makeup when playing Pinhead, and no one had recognized <laughs> him. So no one even <laughs> knew who the heck he was at the party. <laughs> That's Cause, funny. Because they had only seen him in his makeup. That's Anybody else got some fun
3: facts they want to drop real quick? Hey, real quick. I I mean, I have a couple, but the one I really wanted, I meant to do it while we were reviewing it. The woman who played Claire had to walk out of the premiere because she doesn't like horror movies. And so, which I found kind of fucking weird because she did that character so damn well. And she had to walk out because she could not bear to just see the movie. I mean, and she has not have any bad blood or anything. Like, she came back for the sequels, but I got that from Screen Rant. Uh, a lot of people know that the, uh, I'm, I, I'm missing the actor's name who played, who played Pinhead off the top of my head, but he never wanted to play this character. (laughs) Like, it's not something that he really wanted. It's funny that you mentioned that I mentioned that, you know, the BDSM and stuff S and M and all that was definitely a huge inspiration in this movie. Um, they made a ton of changes from his own book, by the way, like, the book supposedly is better? I I have no idea. No idea.
0: Books are always better.
3: Well, yeah. So, a lot of the a lot of the pinhead mannerisms are inspired by the original Dracula, like the very first black and white Dracula. Uh there's a couple more. Nintendo tried to develop a game. Now hold the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> on this? <laughs> no fucking way. Not with the original plot. You're going to have to go to like part 2 or 3. Um <laughs> <laughs> one second. There's one more I wanted to get to. Okay, so he direct. So, God Barker, and I'll be, uh, this will be my last one. He directed this movie because he had had some of his other books adapted to movies and hated every single one of them, very much like Stephen King hates The Shining and all that stuff, even though The Shining's a classic. Um, he hated that so much, he's like, fuck it, I'm directing this bitch. I'm going to see yeah. Well... Five, you should have put yeah, it in someone should've. else's
2: hands. You, you, else you can tell. You can tell.
0: Oh, and it was also banned in Canada. Fun fact. So there you go. Drew, you got some fun facts, bro? I'll just say this. You know, a, a million dollar uh, budget and then their opening weekend was almost $5 million. Wow. That's, that's pretty so good. That's so awesome. I'll just say that's, uh, I mean, total gross in the U.S. Just in the U.S. was almost $15 million. So I would say it's successful. <laughs> As oh, terrible yeah. as it was the ending and all the other stuff, the gaps and the holes and the plot and all this other stuff. I, I just think like you can what tell did it, what did it
2: what did it end with, Drew? How much did it make at the end?
0: Total? It said uh gross in the US was uh fourteen point five
2: million. Wow. And the sequel the, way, only, the sequel only got like three million, I think, to make it, man. They should have even upped that if they knew we were gonna get at least ten out of it.
3: I was gonna say fourteen mil for uh, one million dollars, but it's a nice gross. Like there's no, no doubt. Oh, I sorry. mean I I, I mean, it all depends on how much you spend on marketing and all that stuff, but I mean, it can't – it's – for what you put into it, it, had to be considered what you would think a success. And, and by the way, the reason it got so many sequels is because I think so many people that went and saw this movie – and again, I was not born yet, so I don't know. But got to think people were walking out of the theater, you know, quoting that pinhead line. <laughs> that's what got it to gain traction, and that's why the direct the the series took the direction that it did. It's literally like every Friday movie. The minute they put Jason on screen, that's when the that's when the Friday series picked up. You know, and the same thing with Freddy. Like, if she, <laughs> had you killed off Freddy, what do you do? You know what I mean? So it's kind of one of those things. If you're gonna keep making them, and by the way, I'm not sure what Hellraiser Part Two made. I'm off off top of my head, but I think it made an even more significant chunk of change. Now, there's a couple of these movies that are straight to video, straight hot doo doo. So <laughs> you know, that for what you will. But there's some good ones as well. Well, I so, think just, I think ahead, honestly
0: Drew. on this thing is like you know if it would have been done by like I think a an actual movie producer, I think yeah. it would have been different. I think the reason why it was so choppy is because it's some from somebody that was actually you know writing a book. You know, writing a book and producing and writing a movie is probably like vastly different. I've never done either one of them, but I figure that's the reason why it got so choppy is because he was like, oh, I'm gonna write it the way I want to. this is the way I see it in the book and in yeah. the book in a book, you know it's more you know you rely on the reader's interpretation of what you're putting down versus what you're seeing on screen. So it's a totally totally different concept. Uh, before we
1: jump into, you know, favorite kill, least favorite and rating, you know, when I was looking through the cast of the IMDb page, uh, Doug Bradley, once I saw him was like, I've seen him in another horror movie before and he was, you know, like he was in wrong turn five, which is a really, really horrible movie. He was (laughs) the, like, he was like the parents of the three, uh, you know, uh, mutant guys or whatever or the, what are they called? The incest, the incestual hillbillies. He was like their dad. And Doug Bradley, you know his character of Pinhead, he was um he actually benefited because that you know the makeup of the uh, a couple of the other Cenobites they were supposed to have more lines in the movie but they realized once they'd done the makeup they actually couldn't talk so Pinhead <laughs> got their lines and he became you know the famous one so he actually he got lucky basically in my opinion but who wants to go first with their uh, favorite kill least favorite killing rating
3: oh real quick there is a Chatterer movie. Like, there's a over movie. Is it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I think you have to pay for it, so I don't recommend, but,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Mike, do you want to go first? Favorite kill, least favorite? Oh, man. Oh, jeez.
0: Okay. <sighs> yeah. No, my... Uh, no, it's okay. I mean, I is think... there really a difference in all the kills? And I was going to say, the kills one? are kind of the same. They're kind of the same. Hammer to the face, Maybe. I like the hammer kill the best, so I'll just say the hammer kill is the best. Um, First one, second one, or third one? The first one.
3: (laughs) The very first one, because after the first one, I I mean, who gives a shit? It's a hammer to the head. (laughs) So, um, my least favorite kill, are we counting the bum turning into a skull dragon as a kill? No. Why
0: not? That's not a kill. He just, like, willingly walked into this fire and decided to turn into this burning bone devil.
1: They're they with uh, that character, so
0: you can do whatever you want to with it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds
3: like hey, I'm about to say they could do whatever they want in this movie, so I'm saying that's my least favorite kill. Sounds like bum suicide to me. Um <laughs> so what <laughs> <laughs> no, happened, what I say? Okay, no. I'm not trying to make light of suicide, by the way. Um my ra- so my rating on this movie I you know, when I when when I when we talked about that we're gonna do this movie, and it's been on hold for a while, sorry, Drew. The um I remember liking it more the last time I watched it, Mm -hmm. years ago. And I sat down to watch it almost a week ago now, and I'm like, man, what the F is this? Like, I guess just because my taste in horror changed so much and evolved into something different than when I first started getting back into it, I was just horror, 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 horror. I want to watch them all. To view this through this lens now, man, there is some good stuff in this movie. I like some of the effects. I'm a fan of the pinhead character as the series continues. I just can't stand this plot. I think it sucks. This movie basically takes place because, because somebody wanted to fuck somebody else, which is kind of the circle of life if you think about it. But I mean, in reality it doesn't do anything for me. I I can't ever see myself rewatching this again. Like I don't, I don't have a reason to go back and watch this again. And to me, that's a sin. Like that's, on uh, my number three movie scene, if I have a list, it, it's just like, what, how many times can I rewatch this film? I don't ever know if I n- ever need to go back and rewatch it after I just watched it as we review it. So all that being said, Kai Barker, not great director stuff. Like I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like. The cinematography is uh, decent. It's not bad, but it's not good either. So all that being said, I, man, I'm sorry. I, uh,
1: I, I got to give this a four. Brian shaking his head. He must have the same damn rating. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well go ahead, Brian, since you're the you and Mike are the exact same. I'm sorry, again. Brian. I'm
2: sorry, Brian. <laughs> uh, first off, my favorite kill, I think, is both of Frank's kills where he was torn apart by the hooks both times. So those were my favorite kills. I don't really have a least favorite kill because all the other ones to me are are not really memorable. Um, There were good effects on some of them, but they were just meh. Um, I think all of the hammer kills are all just meh, even though there were some pretty decent, you know, f- decent effects on them. Um, You know, again, like I said before with this movie, it reminds me a lot of the Friday franchise. And I did this with Candyman because, you know, I rated Candyman at 4.5, but I like the Candyman character. So I wanted to continue yeah. on a little bit and make, you know, and and not... You know, and give it a chance because uh, because of Friday the 13th one, because I hate Friday the 13th one. I I don't like it at all. I don't want to have any desire to go back and watch it. There's no need to go back and watch it. And so I thought, okay, well, just like the Friday series, you know, let's the character of Jason sucks me into it. And I really like the Friday series as a whole. Let's continue on. And I'm glad I did, because honestly, Hellraiser 2 made this one a better movie. But it shouldn't be, you know, that shouldn't be it shouldn't happen that way. Like, you know, and you don't even need to watch this one because two recaps the entire thing shows probably 20 minutes of this movie just clips, period. So you don't even need to watch this movie. So if I'm rating this movie just based off this movie and not the whole series, because I actually really like Pinhead character. And I like a lot of the other movies that I have seen parts of, you know, I I, like I said, I watched you know through three today so um you know to, to kind of move on a little bit and refresh my memory a little bit but uh and i'm glad i did because the series does get better if i hadn't you know if i hadn't done that i would have probably stopped here and that would have been a shame um but just based on this movie alone i i have a four written down for this movie too so so, I mean, I hate that I have the same rating as Mike. I'm trying to actually change my stuff because I don't want to have the exact same rating as Mike. But here we are. So I we mean, have the same hey, man. But hey, it's all right. Man, it doesn't matter. It, good, doesn't matter. it doesn't matter.
3: It's bound to happen when you watch the same movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Man. Like, we're watching the same movie here.
1: <laughs> right, I'll go next. We'll let you guys, brother. Uh, favorite kill I wrote, the second Frank ripped apart by the hooks chains at the end. My least favorite kill was Julia. She just got stabbed to the gut. I'm not even counting the the other part. She got stabbed to the gut, scream style. That's her death. As I say, that's uh, (laughs) um, Like I said earlier, I I really wish I'd have watched the trailer to this movie because you know I went into this movie blind. I hadn't I hadn't seen any Hellraiser movies. All I saw was you know the cover of the VHS, which was Pinhead. So I'm expecting you know a Pinhead movie, but it's not what we got. I wrote, Pinhead looks cool, but there wasn't enough of him. Uh, I wrote, the Frank absorbing bodies gimmick throughout the movie got old. Uh, Kirsty was a cute, decent final girl, but she had some dumb moments as well. I wrote, you know, the dragon ending look was trash. What the fuck? I wrote that. <laughs> and then I, uh, my last note before my, I wrote down my symbolism stuff. Movie has the same issues as the OG Amityville horror. It just needed... It needed better direction and it need better like if you if you take some stuff, move it around, rewrite it a little bit, this would probably be a really good movie, honestly. But that was my issue. Just stuff was just out of order to me. I didn't like how it started, the middle. If you needed to move that stuff around. And I wrote this movie, in my opinion, is just symbolism to the evil of chasing uh fleshly desires. But my numerical rating is five point two five. I liked it better than Candyman, personally. I like Pinhead. The Santa Candy Man was just trash. Uh, go ahead, Drew.
2: Well, hey, before you go, I will say I'm glad you brought up the VHS cover because I, yeah. I, I specifically remember how awesome that cover looked when I was, you know, we used to go want to rent movies. But I was never I was never allowed to rent this one. But, uh, you know, I really the cover was really good and really sucked me in and ask David Goyer. You know he he's he's a great writer on all kinds of superhero films, but tried to direct his own in Blade Three and it's trash. So I I think that if you if you're a writer, it doesn't bode well for you to direct your own movie because you you cannot look at it from a fresh take and right. cannot be like okay, well I need to change this. It doesn't really work because you wrote it, so it's hard for you to do that. That's that's kind of my take on that.
1: Brian, like you mentioned earlier, if you start this movie off with just showing the affair. Then you trim up all the bringing home the bodies. If you trim that off into like a you know a, a yeah just a over and over and over sequence, like and a, just let that right. be faster. And you and you add some more pinhead. This would be you know this would be you know a seven or eight maybe.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be but bad. They just
1: they mess. And you get right. rid of that bum character.
3: <laughs> you could combine <laughs> you you, you could combine all of those kill, bring home the body for him to eat on it or feast on it or whatever into almost one cutscene like. One yep. where you kind of like show it has like, you know, a score over it or something like that, where you're just kind of showing the fact that this is taking place. Like, bam, she kills one. Bam, she kills another one. Bam, she kills another one. Like, kind of condense it because it is repetitive and there's no need to have it in the movie all, three, almost four times. And I'm just like, man, like, I, look, I Scream's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I give it shit for its kills. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it has good kills. This movie do not have good kills either. And when. The rest of the series is pretty much slasher-ish. They have good kills. This movie just <clears throat> big flat <laughs>
0: thumbs down.
1: All right, Drew Chains, what's your favorite, least favorite, and your rating, brother?
0: I'm not even going to say a favorite and a least favorite because I feel like the, the the most for me, like this movie to me after watching it is more is is less about Pinhead and more about what with Lisa, is that her name? The the wife? Claire. You know, Julia think, Claire. Julia. Julia. That's it. Okay. Julia. I remember it. Julia. What was, what I think Claire? this movie's more like, I think that's kind of where they, they messed up on this one. Like you either you should have made this about the descent of crazy that Julia goes into to uh to where she goes than it was about Pinhead. If you would have made if they would have made this, you know, more focused on her instead of Pinhead, it made had like you know the secondary like you know evil thing that come about I, I think that would this would have hit better but other than that um i'm gonna rate it i'm gonna rate it a 5.5 uh, just because the plot is so so sporadic you know I, I i can't i couldn't even when i watched it with my grandma you know i i was watching it from a a kid's standpoint you know a child's standpoint Oh my gosh, this 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 pin stucking out of his head and this, you know, this this pink bubblegum guy is like chasing this girl down the hall. So, you know, it, it scared me then, but like now for me it's just like uh yeah, it just fell flat. But then the second and the third is definitely uh definitely where the franchise should have probably started at. If you would have started at the second, it would have been a whole lot better.
1: Go ahead, Mike. <laughs>
0: The
3: stepmoms, or soon-to-be-stepmom's name is actually Julia.
1: <laughs> so, okay, so
3: I, I called her Claire the whole time. Yeah, well, her name, name is Claire Higgins. <laughs> yeah. and I, I looked it up earlier because I wanted to give her credit for actually doing a decent job in this movie, at least I thought, showing character development. So, right. uh, you know, big prompt to Claire Higgins, who played <clears throat> Julia, not Lisa, <laughs> not Claire, Julia. So, sorry, we got the whole... <laughs> Yeah, we got her name wrong bad. the entire
0: show. You're welcome. This, this wow. is showing the level of professionalism that all four of us have decided to show here. Uh, well, that's they wouldn't have put the holes in the plot the whole way through, I probably would have remembered their name. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like, you know, when you have a good movie, the character name sticks. And it
3: weird well, yeah. how that works? Nancy, Lori, things like that. There you go. Well, when you have...
0: 50 of them yeah it kind of it helps too
3: well well everyone remembers Kirsty because
2: she's smoking hot anyway well, okay. and there are 10 of these movies so <laughs>
0: yeah
1: hey. anyway that i really when i got done watch this movie today i really didn't know how i felt honestly i was like i don't hate it but i definitely don't love it i was just it was kind of just like nah it was all right i mean it wasn't to me it was like it was all right it was decent i was a little disappointed there wasn't more pinhead but I haven't seen any of the sequels yet, so I'm like Brian said, there's more pinned in, So I'm sure they got to be better. Y'all got any final thoughts before we get out of here, guys? I'm
2: good, no, you, you Just that your suffering. suffering will be legendary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I appreciate everyone who's been supporting us. Uh, like I said, we've been flying up our the charts in our genre on iTunes. It's awesome. We really appreciate support. Would be here without you guys listening and giving us feedback on social media and itunes we really appreciate it and next week is a movie brian's picking i'll wait till we post on social media because i can't remember what it is honestly y'all have a good night everybody
2: and jesus wept
1: and i just want to remind everybody to uh don't go out there